This is A-State Connections on KASU. I'm Jonathan Reeves. This is the weekly segment called A-State Connections and Created State, Making Connections That Count. In this episode, research has been taking place to understand plant biodiversity patterns on islands in the Mississippi River. In the summer and fall 2020, six river islands were visited and inventories of the plant species present on the islands were taken. Telling us more is Dr. Travis Marcico. Marcico is professor and associate chair in the Department of Biological Sciences at Arkansas State University and is also curator of the Arkansas State University Herbarium. Joining him for this interview are master's students Grace McCartha and Katie Sims. This interview starts with Dr. Marcico. In my research lab, we have been studying um, plant species diversity patterns for the last decade, really. And um, with that kind of research, my lab has been interested in um, non-native species invasions and community assembly across different gradients. Um, and one of those gradients, interestingly, is elevation. Uh, I've done, I did a research sabbatical in Central America and Nicaragua in 2017, working on a steep volcano. And you can think, how does the Mississippi alluvial plain, one of the flattest places on earth, um, how does the Mississippi alluvial plain compare to a steep volcano gradient? And of course, interestingly, elevation is really important um, because even a few inches, certainly by a few feet, um, it makes all the difference between regular and really rare flooding. And so this project got started with an interest in studying an underexplored area on these islands where not much is known botanically. We searched the literature and there's very little that has been documented. Um, and then also with this idea that regular and intense flooding within the Mississippi River is something that we need to understand ecologically. And so I, would, I spent fall of 2019 recruiting um, Katie and Grace into my lab as research students to start in the spring so we could get started on this project. And so tell us about, uh, with the project, uh, what you all have been doing in the Mississippi River and how, how this has kind of uh, evolved, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, it's starting in the spring 2020 semester, uh, Katie and Grace started taking classes and developing their own independent research proposals, but based around this theme of working in these river islands. So I'll let them talk about more of their specific research. But um, what we have done in the summer and fall of 2020, um, and admittedly, this is mostly Katie and Grace doing the work. I have been on some field trips with them, and we should also give a shout out to one of their mentors and our collaborator at the University of Arkansas at Monticello, Richard Abbott. He is a plant expert uh, among the best in the world. He knows so many species and genera of plants, um, and he's actually been going to the field with us very often. But we visited six Mississippi River Islands, um, about where Helena, West Helena is, and then south to just about the Louisiana state line. We've been visiting these six islands and collecting specimen vouchers to, 
to come up with a species list of all of the species, all of the plant species that grow on each of these islands for a comparative floristic inventory, basically baseline research to understand what grows out there. So let's talk about the research. If you don't mind, Katie, uh, let's start with you first. Kind of tell us what you're part of the research. Sure. Um, so I'm interested in the phenology of plants that grow on these islands. Um, and basically, uh, phenology is the study of how um, plants and animals uh, develop in their life history or just in different stages and events in the year. Um, and usually is related to climate and the environment. Um, so um, specifically for me, I'm interested in flowering phenology. So um, what days of the year, um, for how long do plants flower? Um, and usually people use this as evidence of climate change because um, with warmer seasons um, or earlier warming um, in the spring, plants will come out early and flower early. Um, and so I kind of, I've always been interested in that. So I'm kind of taking that um, to these islands, but not so much looking at climate change or just um, warming temperatures, but flooding um, and how prolonged flooding on these islands might um, delay flowering time. And um, yeah, so I'm just mostly interested in seeing how um, this disturbance factor um, changes the flowering time compared to species that might not be found on um, river islands or areas um, in the floodplains um, and also going to look at different herbarium specimens to do this as well um, and use that as a comparative baseline for what I see in the field on these Mississippi River Islands. Grace, tell me about your part of the research, please. Yeah, so um, I'm interested in the plant species composition on the six islands that we're um, studying on, um, like what the makeup of the species is on the different islands. And I'm looking at a couple of factors that might explain why the compositions differ on different islands and on different elevations on the islands. So um, I'll be analyzing elevation as a component of plant species composition. And, um, and then I'm also looking I have three islands upstream of where the Arkansas and White Rivers enter the Mississippi River and three islands downstream of where the Arkansas and White River enters the Mississippi. And I'll be comparing those islands to see um, if there's a big difference in what species are on those islands because I'm thinking that a lot of new species will be traveling downriver the Arkansas and White Rivers um, to established on those southern three islands. And so tell us about, uh, and Katie, we'll go back to you on, on, on your part of this. What have been some things that, if you've been finding things that you've been kind of expecting, or there's some things that maybe uh, have been surprises to you? Uh, kind of you know, talk, talk about that, and then Grace will go to you on that, if you don't mind, please. Yeah, um, so there are some things that are expected, um, certain species that we expected to find, lots of um, hardwood um, trees uh, that you'd find in riparian areas like willows and cottonwood, sycamores. Um, so things that we, we did expect, we know we'd find. Um, and then also 
just new plant species that have been new to the state. Um, that's also been something new that we, we didn't expect to find. Also, um, kind of walking through the islands this field season and um, already kind of noticing that things on the island are flowering at a different time than what we've seen on roadsides, just driving to the field site, um, and also just no knowledge of when that plant would flower. As far as my research and me being um, just looking for um, plants that would flower different. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. Grace? Yeah, so we've been kind of working together this field season on just establishing the flora of the island. So similarly to Katie, I've been, um, we've expected to see some of the plants that we've seen and have been surprised by some others, um, like state records and stuff. And I've also just been surprised at how large some of the islands are. I didn't, because we had never been to them before this field season and it's just, it was kind of a lot when we got to the island. <laughs> We're like, oh wow, we have to <laughs> cover all this land. <laughs> wow, and so uh, Travis, I was gonna ask you, by the way, we're talking to, to Dr. Travis Marcico, Katie Sims, also Grace McCartha on the Created State Podcast. For you, um, what have been some surprises, uh, some things that maybe you didn't, uh, you know, didn't anticipate in this research so far? Well, part of it is been the logistics. So we have been talking to a lot of people who fish on the Mississippi River or who boat on the Mississippi River. And um, it has been an intimidating prospect to be equipped to get out to these islands, um, which is one of the reasons very likely they have not been studied before. You know, these are not places where you take a bridge, but you take a boat. Um, and depending on the water levels, it's possibly too dangerous to go. So for example, when we went to investigate some of the islands in early May, this year the water levels were really high in the river and um, it made it a, too dangerous a prospect with too swift a flow for us to actually visit them at that time of year. So our first trip was in late June after the water levels had dropped. And um, I think one of the things that surprised me was the the mechanism by which we got to the very first study island was in a massive, what was it guys, a 26 foot canoe um, with a, a guide. So it was, we went with someone experienced to kind of see what it would be like and not to become overconfident, but I thought, man, if we can canoe across the Mississippi River, we can definitely use our department's motorboat and be okay. So we spent an early part of the summer doing a lot of um, boating work to get prepared for the, to access the islands. And then um, for the listeners who have not been tracking Mississippi River um, water gauges or river gauges, um, the, the river has consistently uh, decreased in flow or become lower throughout the summer. And so it made access to the islands e easier and easier. Other kind of known surprises that are fun and not necessarily related to our plant discoveries are the invasive Asian carp that uh, are all over the Mississippi River. These are the ones that are called flying carp sometimes. They jump out of the water and into the boat and they can um, actually be potentially really dangerous and slap people and knock them out of the boat. Um, that hasn't happened to us, but they have jumped in. 
So that's always exciting and adds to the element of adventure. Um, and uh, Katie and Grace saw a bear on one of the islands. <laughs> <laughs> what so was that, was that cool. experience like? <laughs> Being able to see a bear on the islands. It was fine. Um, we knew we had been told that bears could be on the islands, um, and it just ran away immediately when it saw us. So, but it was just exciting to see it, and it was cute. And <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you what what's next in in the next part of the research? And I, I know kind of what you're doing now, but what's what what will be what you're going to be kind of doing as we go over the next you know. Uh, next phases of this. Katie, I'll start with you. What's going to be, uh, what are you working on? Yeah. Um, so right now, um, Grace and I are both working on our proposals um, for our thesis, and we're going to defend our proposals in December. Um, so that's kind of our first priority right now. Um, and then after winter break, when we come back, um, we're going to work on identifying all of the plants that we've collected um, this past um, summer and fall. Okay, Grace? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing um, for the near future, working on the proposal and identifying plants. <clears throat> and then um, our next field season will probably start in May of next year. We're hoping to get out a little earlier if we can, depending on water levels. And plus, now we feel more, com we feel, feel more comfortable on the water, so we think we can get out a little earlier and maybe get some spring flowering plants for Katie um, and then start establishing my plots because I'm going to do plot work for the next field season. Travis, what does this mean to be able to have all, you know, all these discoveries and, and, and how does that work when you're, when you're taking a look at what Arkansas State has in the herbarium? Uh, kind of tell us about that if you don't mind. Yeah, so with respect to the plant collections that we have already made and plan to make next year, um, having the permanent voucher or the specimen record of the species that we find on these islands is really important. One, for one reason, um, Arkansas has almost 3,000 species of plants already documented. And with that many species, and some of them that are very difficult to distinguish, very often, um, kind of a word of mouth observation or a photograph is not enough for a correct species identification. So it's really important for us to make these collections and preserve them and share their data so people have access to uh, the research that we're doing. But then in addition to that, the, um, a lot of what we think about in my research lab is the basic science of ecology and evolution. You know, what factors allow species to coexist in these islands and what um, disturbances like flood, for example, that we've been talking about uh, might cause species to um, co-occur in these communities and maybe some get filtered out that can't, that can't survive sustained flooding. And so we're really interested in those kind of basic science, ecological and evolutionary questions about adaptation to specific conditions. But then also, there's always the level of applied science for conservation. You know, these areas in the island are used as hunting grounds 
um, and there occasionally actually have been logged before. But aside from those two human disturbances and the regular flooding, you know, they're, they're going to be preserved. These are not areas that will be developed for any other reason. You know, they're too unstable for agriculture and you're certainly not going to put a house on a flooded Mississippi River Island. So um, looking at what species we can conserve, what habitats we can conserve, and how those conservation areas, some of which are, of which are um, um, wildlife, wildlife management, management areas, areas, how do they how do we manage them appropriately for species diversity going into the future, especially with climate changes impacting the severity and regularity of flood? Right. Let me ask you, how's it been working with Katie and Grace on this project? Oh, it's been great. These two students are absolutely fantastic go-getters. They face every challenge with <laughs> ease and confidence. Um, at least that's what they're projecting to me. And I believe me, when you're working on a river, and anybody who boats knows this, right? River work, river islands, using a boat, we have access issues, we have water level issues. One of my other surprises I wanted to mention and forgot to say is we, we camped on an island one time as the water was uh, receding and our boat became stranded in oh, no. deep mud yeah <laughs> so some oh, of this no. stuff is like only hindsight tells us you know that was not the right place to put it but i we were all surprised at how fast the water was going down so yeah so it's like little elements of adventure at all phases and they seem to um, be able to handle the logistics of that and all of that really well and then in addition they've become really rapidly knowledgeable about the plants in the field. So, you know, I guess like having two students who start at the same time who have passion and interest and ambition to get the work done across the many challenges and come up with really compelling research questions and ideas to pursue has just been wonderful. So it's been a joy being their advisor here. Grace, how has it been working with Katie and with Travis on this project? Um, well, thank you, Travis, for saying so many nice things. <laughs> um, it's been good. Uh, Travis is one of the big reasons I decided to come to Arkansas State because I didn't know anything about Arkansas. I came because the um, Mississippi River Island research possibility sounded really exciting. And then because he, um, I heard a lot of great things about him and he was so nice and friendly and would seem like he would be a really involved and good advisor. And he has been, he's been great. Um, and Katie, I've loved working with her. She's become my best friend in Arkansas. <laughs> um, cause we, we've had to spend a lot of time together, but also beyond that, I think we would have been friends anyways. So it's been really great. Yeah. Well, well, welcome to Arkansas. We're glad you're here for sure. Thanks for being part of this. Katie, uh, your thoughts on working with Grace and also with Travis? Yeah, it's been great. Um, this past summer has been one of the best of my life. Um, just the experiences and spending, I don't know, 10, 10 hour days on an over 100 degree day <laughs> in the middle of uh, the river has been 
um, hard, but the people that I've been with this summer, um, Travis and Grace, an undergraduate student, Matthew, as well as Richard, have just really made it so much fun, um, a really great experience. Um, so it's something that I'll always remember. Also, um, just getting to know what Arkansas feels like in the summer. Um, I'm from St. Louis, but I had never been to Arkansas until I came here in January. <laughs> and so um, just getting to uh, be attacked by mosquitoes all day and all night while camping and <laughs> also getting to swim in the rivers after long field days um, and just experiencing just the beautiful um, scenery of the Mississippi River and watching the barges go by. It's been just an amazing experience. That's fantastic. Well, welcome to Arkansas too. And yeah, the mosquitoes are no joke. That's for sure. There's <laughs> no joke. <laughs> so we appreciate y'all being here before we let you run. Travis, anything else you'd like to add, please? And then we'll also ask uh, Katie and Grace. Yeah, you bet. So one of the things that I want to say about um, Katie and Grace specifically is any student of mine on campus who takes my plant diversity courses. I teach a dendrology course, which is about trees, shrubs, and woody vines, and then also a plant systematics course, which covers a lot of the common plant families in this area. And we talk about the evolutionary history of plant groups. Um, it's a challenge to learn plant species ID and family characteristics to be able to readily identify plants on the fly. And any student you ask who takes my classes will attest to that. And these two students, Katie and Grace, have done such a great job of rapidly assimilating the skill sets needed to identify these plants. And they have such good memories for it in the field and with the right characteristics that their projects are destined to be successful, but they are really showing that with the right kind of I guess, attitude and mentality and effort to put in, it's really possible. And honestly, for a master's degree, that's a hard order, right? A master's degree is a finite amount of time, you know, typically two to three years in biology. And to be able to gain those skills and apply them as quickly as they have, I've been so impressed. So um, I, I'm saying that to say it's not easy for any, you know, student out there who might be thinking this sounds like interesting work to them. It's not easy, but it is achievable. And it's rewarding. It really is rewarding when you, when you do all Absolutely. this. Very good. Katie, before I let you run, anything else, please? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it has been extremely rewarding, like Travis said. And all those things that he just described about it being difficult are so true. Um, especially, like I said, when you're out in the field and you're not in a comfortable environment learning hundreds of new species of plants, you're sweating and uh, dirty. Um, it's definitely been very difficult as well with learning how to actually drive a boat, operate a boat on the Mississippi River, which most um, boat owners don't even really do, um, has also been a great experience. And learning how to um, handle the situation when the boat doesn't operate <laughs> as like we would want it to, um, so these are all just experiences that I would never have gotten if I didn't come to Arkansas State University. So I'm very grateful for that. Fantastic. Grace, anything else? 
Yeah, so Katie mentioned this, but um, yeah, we both learned how to drive boats this year. Just in June, we were, May and June, we were learning, and then in July, we went out on the Mississippi River. So it was a fast turnaround, and we definitely had to learn a lot about boats this year. And we've learned how to fix a couple things, and we've become a lot better at troubleshooting. It seemed every week there was another small little thing <laughs> that went wrong, and we learned a lot about boats every week. So that's been a cool opportunity and um, also just being able to trailer a boat because a lot of job applications in the field world of biology ask you if you know how to drive a truck and trailer something and now we do so that's great too. <laughs> and that's Dr. Travis Marcico, professor and associate chair in the Department of Biological Sciences at Arkansas State University and also curator of the Arkansas State University Herbarium. Also master's students Grace McCartha and Katie Sims. And just a quick note on MacArthur and Sims, they're both in the Students United in Preserving, Exploring, and Researching Biodiversity Program at Arkansas State. And they've each received the Arkansas Native Plant Society Delzi Damari Research Grant for this year. And to hear more interviews like this one, you can subscribe to the Created State Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. And also take KASU with you wherever you go and listen to podcast segments on the KASU mobile app. And tell others about the Created State Podcast. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as we'd love to hear from you. You're listening to A-State Connections on KASU, streaming live at KASU.org. I'm Jonathan Reeves. Thanks for listening. Thank you.